Everything that we do as a company, my company is fully online. And everything that we teach is for practitioners, coaches who want to be either fully online or in part online. We have a lot of licensed health practitioners who are still in clinical practice. Um, and, you know, some of them were set up just in time as their colleagues were having to shut their doors. They are having their best months ever because they are fully 100% capable of running a virtual practice. Um, from massage therapists to naturopathic doctors to chiros, osteopaths, like, so, you know, um, what we do is we teach business skills that translate online. So the fundamentals of what it takes to really have a virtual practice, the tactics come after, but we're really big on, you know, building a solid business to then scale. Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode of The Process. Today, my guest is Toronto-based health and wellness business expert. So she's an online strategist and mother of two. She works with health professionals who wanna grow their purpose-driven business in the new online economy. Now she gives credit to where she is now because of health issues she experienced as a child and a teenager. She decided to study nutrition in order to understand how her own body works since no doctor was able to give her a concrete answer. Now, during the time when she was trying to start up and grow her own nutrition practice, she learned the meaning of resilience. Now, 13 years later, she runs a multi-million dollar global online business that supports alternative health practitioners and coaches with the business training and personal development tools needed to grow a successful online business. Please help me welcome Lori Kennedy to the show. How's it going? Good, how are you? Doing well. So uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, let's just go back to why you, started, why you decided to get a nutrition, you know, what kind of the childhood issues that you had and um, what led you to where you are right now. Yeah. So fun fact, I've never had a corporate job. So I've been in health and wellness for my, you know, entire adult life. I got my first personal training certification when I was 19. And um, I've been involved in this industry ever since and in one capacity or another. And you know, from my earliest memory, I always had stomach issues. I always had digestive system issues. And, you know, going through school, I didn't know about kinesiology. I didn't know about dietetics. Like I didn't, I wasn't a lover of school, so I didn't really pay attention. Um, and it wasn't really until I was in the personal training world with a lot of clients who were having a lot of the same issues that I had that um, I was able to resolve uh, by seeing a naturopathic doctor. And I wasn't about to go become a naturopathic doctor because that would require a lot more schooling and I wasn't into that. Uh, so I, I, I researched and I discovered that I had the opportunity to go and become a registered holistic nutritionist. And so I did that. And I was in my mid twenties at the time. And this was, you know, before online, before everything. And I started working, well, I didn't start working with you. I tried to start working with people uh, right out of, you know, that professional designation. And it didn't go as I had thought that it would. Um, and it took about a year and a half for me to really figure out what I was doing. Uh, because even though I had letters after my name, I had RHN, I had all of, you know, at that point, I had years of experience, personal training and, 
you know, in nutrition. And I had no idea how to make that translate into something that would fund my life basically. Uh, and so, you know, I had to figure it out all on my own. No, for sure. Yeah. And coming from the personal training background as myself, you know, I totally get that and, and understand that. Um, what was like the turning point for you and like, what was like the paradigm shift and how did you figure out to go from like, you know, just surviving to thriving like you are now? Yeah. So, uh, there was a couple, there was a couple pivotal moments. The first one being, um, after I had terminated my rental agreement in a chiropractic clinic, you know, I, I did as, as all sort of health practitioners do. I rented the space. I had the website. I had the glossy brochures that did nothing. Uh, my, you know, my mom and her two friends came to everything I did and they were very supportive. I didn't pay my mortgage. Um, and so I went back to the gym that I was personal training at because I needed to obviously pay bills and I could, you know, go and do personal training and they would give me clients. And so when I was there, um, as you know, luck would have it, uh, the nutritionist that was working there got fired. And so I was asked to fill her shoes and I did accept that the model that I was taught in school didn't lend well to the sales goals of the department because gyms are a business and most practitioners like myself are not really trained to think like business owners. We're trained to think like clinicians and practitioners. And, you know, the model that I was taught was a one-to-one -one model and my department had sales goals and I wasn't meeting them because selling 60 minutes for, you know, $90, there's only so many 60 minute time slots, you know, Monday through Friday, uh, and I wasn't hitting my goals. And so my manager at the time said, listen, like you have to figure out another way to hit the sales goal, or we're gonna need to sort of take this space that you are occupying and use it because we have goals to hit. And at the time, this was 2009, um, you know, online, co like coaching of any kind, group programs, all of that, aside from small group personal training, like that yeah. existed. Mm -hmm and Weight Watchers existed. And so I was like, okay, well, if I have to do this, I did the math, it was very simple math. I needed to see X number of people, the hours that I had available, it didn't work out. Um, and so I thought, okay, how else can I do this? Could I, and she said to me, you know, can you sell small groups like we do in personal training? And I said, no, I can't. And she said, why not? And I said, cause that's not how I was taught. And she said, so? And that's when I was like, oh, I don't have to follow the box of how I was taught. I can maybe figure out another way to do it. And so the only thing that I could sort of model was Weight Watchers. And so I joined Weight Watchers and I like pretended to be, you know, a person and all of that. And I went through the program for months and I really paid attention to how they streamlined everything and how they put, you know, dozens of women in a room at a time. And I remember sitting on the floor of like our local bookstore with like all of these fat loss books and all of these nutrition books and reading the table of contents and thinking like, okay, if I just made a table of contents, I could put 12 people through a book, so to speak. And that's really when I created my first, what I call now signature program, where I was able to put 12, 15 women in a room for an hour 
you know, and for 12 weeks at a time, instead of seeing them all individually and repeating myself and answering the same questions over and over again. And this was 2009. So there was no online coaching. There's no yeah. gurus. There's nothing. There's me, Weight Watchers and a bookstore. Like, yeah. and that was really the moment where everything changed for me. And had I not realized that I could do things differently, even though it's not commonplace, even though that's not how I was taught, I would not be sitting here. Like, had I just been like, no, I have to follow, you know, this path, I would not be sitting here right now. Awesome. And that, how did you, um, did you transition that to like a license or a franchise? How, do, how were you able to yeah, scale, grow that? I did. Um, so, you know, I have no business background, zero, like none. And when I realized what I was doing, I was able to structure it in such a way that I could replicate it across different gyms. And so very quickly, the program was in nine different gym locations in the Toronto area. And then um, I had colleagues saying to me, you know, like, what are you doing? How are you doing this? Like, what is happening here? And I, and I just said, like, you know, I can teach you or I can, you can sort of buy it. And I didn't know what I was doing, like at all. Um, and I just started, you know, for, I, it, it only became a license after I got some coaching, mm-hmm. um, when I realized like, oh, I'm on to something here. And I realized like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I had made a decision at that point. I had two small children. My marriage was nearing its end. Um, and I said, I need to figure this out. I need to take back control of my time and back control over my finances. And I didn't know how I was going to change my life. I didn't know, I did not know what I was doing. And I think when you sort of surrender and you sort of say, okay, like I'm here, sort of show me the way. Um, all of a sudden I started seeing these blog posts and these, you know, trainings and these PDF guides uh, you know, 2010, uh, for creating digital products and things online, um, by a man that we both know very well. (laughs) And, uh, I sort of went down the rabbit hole and I was like, what is this? Like, what is a Weber? What is this? (laughs) Like, what is email marketing and what is all of this stuff? And, you know, these are obviously early days. This was 2010 and, I started following him and and at the time, you know, he had a license and I was just basically copying what he was doing because I had no idea what I was doing. And again, you know, because I just decided to follow this path, opportunities started to present themselves where I could go and invest in my business skill set and I could go and invest and learn from people who, you know, were were ahead of me who, who had already sort of figured it out. And I was at that point, I was done. I was done trying to figure it out on my own. I was like, yes, whatever costs, I have no money, but that's fine. That's why credit cards exist. And here's my credit card number and just show me your ways kind of thing. And, um, very quickly I licensed out my signature program and all of the marketing and everything we did. And we had 24 different licensed locations across Canada. Um, while I was still working, you know, in the, in doctor's offices and trying to navigate two little kids and, you know, single mom and all of this stuff. And it was just, 
you know, looking back, it's such a funny time. And I didn't realize like so flying by the seat of my pants, but I guess that's how it goes, right? When you're, you know, it's a runaway train and you're just trying to, you're just trying to keep up. That's awesome. And now today is the model still the same where they meet up in person or is it online? And if it is still the same since the whole like pandemic and everything and gyms are shutting down, what did you do to, what did you do to pivot or solve that problem? Right. So I have been fully online since 2015. So everything that we do as a company, my company is fully online and everything that we teach is for practitioners, coaches who want to be either fully online or in part online. We have a lot of licensed health practitioners who are still in clinical practice. Um, And, you know, some of them were set up just in time as their colleagues were having to shut their doors, they're having their best months ever because they are fully 100% capable of running a virtual practice. Um, From massage therapists to naturopathic doctors to chiros, osteopaths, like, so, you know, um, what we do is we teach business skills that translate online. So the fundamentals of what it takes to really have a virtual practice the tactics come after, but we're really big on, you know, building a solid business to then scale. Um, because I think there's there's a difference between having a clinical practice or a gym or a yoga studio and then having something online where you have to manufacture culture and community in such a different way than you would having, you know, a gym setting where you see the person every day, you get to know the receptionist, like it's a community, it's a family. And that's harder to replicate online. It's still necessary, but it's it's harder to replicate. And so, you know, we've been really fortunate that um, over the last five years, we've really figured out how to scale um, online programs, you know, and, and all of the different elements that are involved in having like a fully functioning online business. Nice. So what do you think is like the number one mistake that people make when they try to go 100% online? Is it the offer, the pricing? They try to uh, offer too much personalization where it takes up too much of their time. So they go, you know, like lower end, you know, and not as much hands-on. Like, what do you, what do you recommend? Um, so first thing I think it's that they don't really understand what's involved. I think that a lot of practitioners, coaches, fit pros don't understand the business of their business. And so they try to copy people and they're doing the tactics. They, you know, put a program out, they do this and they don't understand. And so it flops because the pieces don't fit together. There's no congruency. It's just individual things. And so I think that, you know, if, if this is something that they want to do, if they want to have a fully online business, then I would say even before you put an offer together, even before you do anything like that, really understand what an online business is, what it entails, the key pieces like your offer, your brand, right? It's so interesting over the last five years how having a brand and being able to be personable and you know putting yourself out there has been one of the major components of success for people. And especially for those that are, you know, licensed, regulated clinicians, practitioners, coaches, that's really hard to do uh, because they're trained to be so professional and so clinical and so stoic (laughs) that it's actually a turnoff. Um, 
in the online world. And so I think, you know, the biggest mistake is really going into it without understanding, at, even at a simplistic level, what it is that you're trying to achieve. Because then you're just, it's like you're trying to put together, you know, an Ikea bedroom set without the instructions, like good yeah. luck to you. Because <laughs> there's so many little pieces and there's so many moving parts to it that, you know, it's going to take you three times longer than if you just took a minute and really invested in understanding what it is that you're trying to achieve. What would you say is the top three things that people need to like take a step back and understand fully mm -hmm. to get themselves like a solid foundation to move forward? You know, is it like yeah. content marketing? Is it knowing who they're, who they want to serve? Is it who they yeah. want to do business with? Um, what yeah. would you say is the top three things? I think the top three things are the top three things that translate in any business. So it's not specifically online. It's number one, having an obsessive in-depth knowledge of who it is that you're trying to serve and the problem that you're trying to solve for them. Because when you're online, you have to be narrow. You can't try and help everybody because nobody wants more information. They want to know that you have a specific way to solve or kill their problem. And so that's number one, like making sure that you are clear on who you're talking to and the struggles that they experience and how that translates to their everyday life. Um, that's number one. Number two, I would say leads and nurture. So making sure that you have a steady stream of the right people coming in and understanding their level of readiness. So not everybody coming in is gonna be ready to work with you. And so that is where content marketing comes in. That's where nurturing comes in is to say like, okay, I understand sort of these three different levels of readiness where they're like, I don't even know that I have a problem. I'm contemplating working with you and now I'm in action mode. How do I get started? And so really toggling between those pieces of content, making sure that you're hitting all of that. Because if you just speak to one type of person, you're likely talking over everybody else's head and you're gonna have a hard time. So that's number two. And then I'm gonna say there's four. Number three, sales. Sorry, but you gotta learn how to sell. Like, I know that's a huge turnoff. You don't wanna be salesy, but if your content marketing is done right, you shouldn't be salesy at all, right? Yeah. When you're not content marketing, when you're not building trust, when you're not putting yourself out there, that's when you have to convince people. And then, you know, it's this, you don't lose the sale on the call. You lose the sale leading up to the call, right? And so really learning how sales works and the psychology of a person. It's not, you know, X number of sessions for X number of dollars. Like you can't compete on price. Yeah. And then the last one is the, the client or customer experience. And I think that that, especially in the online world, you know, that is what will make or break you because leads you can buy, nurture, you can get a copywriter, like you can get people to help you, but the experience of your clients for them to stay in your world and become loyal and want to invest with you and want to see you succeed and want to help you along the way that's you that's your heart that's your soul that's you investigating you know how to make the experience for them better that's you iterating your programs that's you hiring help to give them a better experience like you can't outsource that yeah um, for sure and so those would be my four things. Well, also, well, when it comes to like customer experience and you're talking about people that have like certifications and there's regulations and they are all clinical, 
um, how do you like what's what's some process that you have to help them like connect with people on a more mm -hmm. personal level when they're so you know conditioned and so used to being professional like what are some you know tips or strategies that you give them to be able to yeah. put themselves out there and, and start building those interpersonal relationships yeah so I think you know having different areas of your of your life that you're okay to share because you know trust is built by vulnerability and credibility so you have to toggle between being credible and being this like uber professional but then also being very real and sharing some of the personal aspects of your life and i think a big issue that a lot of practitioners and coaches face is they they feel like they're not perfect yet and so they can't really share you know they're they're hiding behind this like fake professional demeanor because if they really were honest about what was going on they would they're afraid that they're not going to be viewed as professional professional doesn't equal perfect and so you know to build trust to have a really solid client experience it's it's you demonstrating compassion and caring and empathy and you know one of the things that we've seen um, online is accountability is huge, right? So putting specific accountability um, steps in place to track your clients, to follow up with them, um, to provide additional support, to demonstrate that you're thinking about them, that you're caring, caring about them. That is what is lacking in that, you know, traditional transactional model there is no support, there's no accountability. Somebody pays for time, they get the time, they walk away and you literally never talk to them again. Yep. Um, and so really thinking through the type of experience and how you want them to feel. How can you help them to feel supported? What does that look like? Maybe that looks like, you know, doing some additional, you know, videos in your client group or bringing in another coach to support you so that there is more or faster response times, right? To questions, things of that nature where it's like, okay, if, if I could have a wish list of all of the things that I would want to give my clients or patients, what would that be? And make the list. That's what we did. We made the list and we said, how can we help our clients succeed? What would it take? And we had the list. And so when my business started to really generate enough revenue and profit that we were able to add on features, add on support, add on accountability, that's exactly what we did, even though maybe it, you know, took away from our profit margin a little bit. Yeah. Um, we made that decision. And I think it was absolutely the right decision to make because client success is everything. Yeah. Now, especially nowadays, you know, with everything that's going on in the world, you know, all the uncertainty, you know, that connection um, is super important yes. and the client experience has never been, you know, never been more important. Yeah, I was at a, um, at a mastermind. We did an exercise where we, they wanted us to write down, like, what would a 10 out of 10 customer experience look like in your business? Yep. And we like, we would write it down. And then after that, they were like, okay, what would 10x that look like? Just, you know, even if you're laughing out loud, like just be silly with it. What would be like the ultimate VIP like experience that you probably can't deliver, but if you could, you would kind of thing. And then it was really silly and it was hard to write some of that stuff down. And, um, and then after that, they were like, okay, well, try to see if there's anywhere you can connect the dots from the 10 mm -hmm. out of 10 to the 100 and see if there, because there are always ways that you can improve kind of thing. So it was a great, it was a great exercise. And you know for sure, like customer experience, especially right now is probably the number one thing that people should be focusing on. Um, and, uh, you know, given Absolutely. the current climate. <laughs>
But uh, hey, I just want to thank you for taking the time to be on the show. It was awesome having you, awesome seeing you again. If there's anything you want to leave my followers with, the floor is yours. You can leave them with any kind of message. You can let them know how to find you, all that good stuff. Um, I think that just because you don't know the how doesn't mean that you can't. And I remember, you know, even still, it's like what you just said, you know, how would I 10X that? Right? Like you have something in your mind that you want to do just because you don't know the how. There's other people that do. So go and find those people who can help you execute, but don't sort of disqualify yourself just because you don't know the how. Um, so, and if you want to hang out with me, I'm on Instagram at Lori Kennedy Inc. and come chat, ask me questions. I'm happy to answer them. <laughs>